0: credit card.
1: In today's episode of the Sixers Beat, Rich and I talk about the Sixers loss to the Washington Wizards, which ended their eight game winning streak. We talk about the return of Tyrese Maxey and how that might shake up the rotation. And we talk about the report that James Harden might have interest in returning to the Houston Rockets over the summer. Enjoy the podcast. All right, welcome everybody. This is Derek Bodner, joined by Rich Hoffman, who will be having a victory beer after this podcast. How you doing, Rich?
2: Derek, I just saw that on Twitter, so I I didn't exactly know what you meant, you know, uh, probably a few hours ago. But yeah, you know what? I support that. Drink a beer after the game. This sports science bullshit, enough of that. Like, let's... (laughs) Let's Look, drink some beers after. after I know a big everyone's
1: anti carbs, but after expending that much energy, a little bit of carbs is okay. It might not be the best source of carbs in the world, but if it helps improve your mental, then go for it. Go for I
2: it. remember that Clay Thompson, after a game in Philly, he had like you know seven, eight threes or something like that, and he was drinking. I believe it was Coors Light after the game. Okay, just had like two of those. You know, like he's basically like an old baseball player. You know? Yeah, like he. Yeah. You know, he could play for the 93 Phillies, Luka Doncic. Hopefully, um Hopefully, he's a better ways. person. Than yeah, you. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to make that comparison all the no. way, but you know. No. Um, all right. But I feel like there has been, there's a lot going on here with the Sixers. I feel like you have a quarter of the fan base who's panicking over that loss last night to the Wizards. You've got a quarter of the fan base who's pissed off that people like Luka Doncic, You've got Mm. a quarter of the fan base who is like, hey, calm down. They just won eight in a row. Like the world isn't falling. Team chill. And then you've got a quarter of the fan base who just completely checked out and forgot they're playing basketball. Mm. So I guess we'll wrap all of that up because it's been a little while. You know, we did take uh, the second half of last week off. We did not podcast. I have not actually seen you or spoken to you since I guess it was last Friday Clippers game. Where's sort of like where are you standing with everything that's going on? I do think it's funny that we waited until they had a terrible <laughs> loss to, uh,
2: to to start be fair. We again. only
1: missed one win. No, I guess we didn't. We didn't podcast about the Clippers game either.
2: Yeah, I think overall I feel pretty good about this team. I would say I think that loss last night we can get into it. There were probably about five or six elements. That just made it a ridiculous loss. And they only lost by what? Like, you know, it was like a one possession game at the end, right? So they do one of those things right. Uh, you know, and I'll just rattle them off right now. Uh, terrible three point shooting. That was part of it. And I really didn't like that Tobias got scared at the end of the game. He got hesitant to shoot them. Um, there were a couple instances of that ridiculous. Like I'm not usually, Oh man, like, Doc Rivers doesn't have an offense. Like what are these play calls? The play calls were terrible at the end of the game. Last yeah. night,
1: They ran outside a- of the one. He had a chance to diagram up
2: by the way. They don't need to diagram that up. They run that yeah. four times a game. I know, at least I know, I know. it's crazy. That wasn't like some like crazy ATO. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> That's out of delay. Oh my God. Uh, it was insane. If they would have just ran in the last five minutes of the game, I am completely confident in saying if they would have run five pick and rolls, for Harden and Embiid, instead of one, they would have won the game. Yep, And it was their choice. And it's not just Doc. Like, how about Harden? How about you just call for, you know, pick and roll. Let's do it. No, no, no. Okay, I'm going to just isolate a guy one-on-one. Okay. Bad shots. Uh, But the thing that is most concerning to me about the team, because that is annoying, right? Like, that's like, what are you doing? Just run the pick and roll. I don't think that's going to continue. Like, I think they are going to figure out, oh, we, we should – Maybe run this fairly unstoppable. Put, put play. our two more. best
1: players in an action together, mm-hmm. and good things might happen. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're going to come to that
2: conclusion. Maybe maybe our bread and butter play. We should run that more than one time. I don't know. It's a crazy thought, but I'm projecting here. But the thing that I think is most concerning is something we've seen in the past three games: is that they come out and start these games, and their defense is just a joke. Like, yeah. you know. And I thought the Clippers game. Which was an awesome win. I thought a lot of that was the Clippers just being good. Like you, you were saying, that deck- lead
1: they built that twenty point lead or whatever. Yeah,
2: like yeah. I don't think the Sixers were good defensively during that stretch. I also thought they were playing a team that was operating on all cylinders. Like some of those Kawhi shots, you were just cackling yeah. next to me. You're like, "Yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> it's really good. What are you gonna do? I mean, you could double, but you'll give up an open three. Like, you know, and they that's what they eventually settled on, and it worked. But like, you know, it's not the greatest defense. In the world, uh, the last two games, uh, uh-uh, like not good, and especially in last night's game. I mean, what 60, what they give up 67 in the first half to, yeah, the Wiz, yep. and you know, you just so many blow bys, awful rebounding from everybody involved. Embiid not rebounding well, but also trying to put out fires and just failing miserably. Like, you know, either they're still scoring or Gafford's getting the rebound over him. I mean, Harden, Harden. You know, it was just really bad, and you know, I think for a team that kind of has been puffing its chest, oh, we're the number two defense in the league, all of those things. Uh I think they're they might be out of the top five, or they're, they're they might be fifth now. Yeah, you're
1: fifth with they're the fifth, worst yeah. three point
2: percentage by a mile. So now like, they're
1: they're like percentage points away from second. Like they're very. I think one. I'm right here. I don't know why I say I think sometimes when I have the stats right in front of me. Uh one o nine point eight is second in the league, and they are at one ten point two. For cleaning the glass. Okay. So they're still pretty close. That said, like, I'm sorry. When you watch these first halves,
2: you're like, how the hell are they a top five defense? This is crazy.
1: I I was just going to say, is there any, any like top ranked defense that you have less confidence in right now? Because look, I'm not, I'm not saying they're like a bad defense. I fully expect like with the way they're playing, they are probably a top 10 defense level, but they're currently fifth with, I think probably pretty good shooting luck. And one of their worst defenders about to come back onto the court. I do not have confidence that they will end up with a top five ranking when the season is over for sure. Yeah. That's all I have to say.
2: Like just, you know, you give up 45% offensive rebounding in the first half. Like it's your job. It's like, at some point you're going to lose one of those games. Like those two quarters count, they count for actually half the game and (laughs) you know, good for this team that they were able to just come back and, you know, summon that offensive firepower.
1: But like, come on, like, Yeah. yeah, that was pathetic. And a a part of that, you know, they were bad in the half court. They were even worse because of their offensive performance. Like a lot of those, a lot of long shots, a lot of long rebounds. When you shoot 20% from three at the volume that is in the league nowadays, you're going to make it tougher on your defense and transition defense isn't necessarily this team's strengths. So the offensive struggles sort of compounded those uh, defensive miscues, but there were all kinds of defensive miscues, even in the half court, especially in that first half. And then you add on the additional factor of, oh, this freaking team can't grab a defensive rebound. And it is maddening. It is consistent. That is one part of, you know, my general takeaway from last night's game is that off nights are going to happen. Yeah. You had a chance because James Harden is great and Joel Embiid is great and the Wizards are not. But you shoot that poorly from the perimeter. You're making it tough on yourself. That being said, like the defensive rebounding is the one thing that is completely consistent night in, night out. A lot of times they win in spite of that. Boy, if they could just get anybody outside. Embiid gets a lot of grief for this. And I think he deserves some. When you see Joel Embiid sort of like play at half speed, in part because he's doing so much offensively, in part because he's very rarely in tip-top shape. But that tends to come, I think it's easiest to notice on the the glass. He does not rebound outside of his area like he used to earlier in his career. He does not rebound outside of his area like he does when he is in playoff mode. But when you look at this team, there's just a lot of large human beings. We're not talking about like a couple of years ago when or even last year um, when they had, you know, Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxion. You're talking about George Niang and Montrez Harrell and Tobias Harris and just guys and James Harden, even P.J. Tucker at times who's way better on the offensive glass than he is on defensive glass. You need more from them as a collective group because you're right. When Joel Embiid does go to put out those fires, there's nobody there to help the helper. There's just nothing going on that... Uh, there's so many rebounds that Tobias Harris is just, like, so close to. <laughs> just You don't have a chance on those rebounds. It's very frustrating. Very yeah. frustrating.
2: And I, I agree with what Doc said after the game where he, you know, he has said that he thinks poor defensive rebounding is a product of getting beat off the dribble. And mm-hmm. I, I
1: think that's true. Like I think that Especially is, on this team when Joel has to help so much.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, Joe deserves his level of grief. He's not completely blameless, especially because there's just, like, There's always, like, in the third or fourth quarter, just some absolutely killer one where, you know, Daniel Gafford sneaks in behind him and, like, just get a body on him, you know? But for the most part, he is contesting shots, you know, he's kind of stuck in no man's land because he's worried because somebody on the perimeter is just getting smoked, often being P.J. Tucker, which is a problem. Yeah, so I certainly think he's probably less to blame than it kind of seems watching because his player usually is the one who's putting the ball in the basket. Yeah. It's, it's bad. It's, you know, it just does not feel like a top five defense. And look, off nights are going to happen. When you win eight in a row, you deserve like, no matter how bad the losses you you deserve to not get freaked out at. Like, but I think that is a reminder that like, even during that winning streak, sometimes like this team likes to fuck around a little bit, you know, this team, doesn't always approach defense with, like, the most serious. No. They they take it for granted sometimes, and look, I think that's more of a regular season problem, but I, I think it does go to show their last two losses have been like, hey, by the way, you could be really bad as a team if you don't care. Uh, the Houston game and this one. So that's all I really have. I mean, like, the shooting was, I thought a lot of the shots they got in the second half were pretty good. Like, yeah. Harding getting in the lane, Embiid forty eight points, drawing a double team, swing, swing, Niang, Tobias, Brick. Okay, you know, oh well, it's those guys are good shooters. Those guys won you a game in in New York on uh on Sunday. It is I'm so bad with the days this this, this uh this week this,
1: this period in between is, yeah that was Sunday that was Christmas Day yeah so
2: not worried about that I I think overall the offense it's funny the offense got. Bad at the end. That's when it was at its worst. You know, yeah. like I, I think the, the shots they got were pretty good. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what the right number is. 19 nights out of 20, they're going to shoot better than that. So it's, uh, I, it was, that's
1: not a long-term concern for me. Percentage-wise, it was their second worst three-point shooting game of the season. They are in games that they shoot under 30%. They are one and seven on the season. Uh, the only win that they have was a game that you only beat win for 59. So it is. Yeah, they sort of need to make shots to have a real chance. And you're so think- right; they oh, do.
2: But also, like, try a little bit on defense <laughs> in the first half because maybe you can pull out. You know, maybe you're not one in seven. Maybe you're three in six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three in Two- five. You know, whatever. I, that's Especially,
1: not it it's one thing if they shot like that against the Clippers, and yeah, they probably lose that game. You shoot like that against the Wizards, you have a chance, but not because they didn't do enough. Of the little things. And you are so right about Tobias Harris. Like there, he. I don't care that he shot over four. I'm a little annoyed that he reverted back to 2020 Tobias Harris. Uh, and there were plays down the stretch. The one that, that jumps immediately to mind, there was a, they trapped Harden on the perimeter. He threw it to Embiid, sort of at the elbow area. Embiid got the double team, kicked it out to Tobias in the corner, pumped fake, a couple of aimless dribbles to nowhere, and reset the possession. Uh, and that's something that he has been doing such a good job of avoiding this year, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Last night was a little bit of old school Tobias in the In the wrong ways. Again, if that is a one game little mishap, that is fine. But you hope it's not a trend. All right. So I guess we'll pivot there because I don't want to dwell too much on that one loss in part because they're coming off of an eight game winning streak. And like you said, I think they deserve the benefit of that a little bit. Doesn't mean that I'm oblivious to the team's faults. I still, even with that eight game winning streak, not fully bought in on them being the last team standing. But, uh, (laughs) you know, it's
2: a long season. I think the way I would put it Clippers win, plus Knicks win. Okay, we'll we'll take those off the table, yeah. but we'll take the, the Wizards off the table. Back to neutral.
1: Okay. Yeah. Two reports. One that it looks like Tyrese Maxey should be ready to go here when they play the Pelicans on Friday. The other that James Harden might hate Philadelphia. Which one would you like to get to first? Uh, let's do the Harden one.
2: I, I don't think there's a lot. I mean, Maxey, I guess we can get to first. Like, that's cool that he's coming back. You yeah. know? I, I'm excited to watch him play
1: he can do the exciting thing where he runs really fast and scores.
2: And he, you know, he makes a bunch of threes and he's yeah. a good shooter. Yeah. It's, and also coming off a loss too. like, not like there would be any noise. Tyrese Maxey is like beloved, but like, it would have been funny if like they won nine in a row, they bring Maxey back against a good team and then they lose the first game and it's, Oh man, like that's.
1: <laughs> so Philly th- would th- th-
2: never create a controversy out of nothing. Never. I think with Maxey, they probably would. He's,
1: his approval rating is high. high. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to. Uh... All right. So Harden. And I was I was kidding there when I said that Harden hates Philly. Don't take that seriously. Please do not aggregate this, our good friend, Jake Fisher. So it was a report from Adrian Wojcicki of ESPN, basically saying that James Harden, and I'm going to read the first, the lead of his story. James Harden is seriously considering a return to the Houston Rockets in a free agency this, this July if he decides against a new deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Other sort of quotes from that article, Harden and his inner circle have openly been weighing Houston in recent months. He goes on to say that his Harden's future with the 76ers remains a fluid proposition, noting that a deep playoff run uh, could impact his thinking, as could an early exit. Harden has maintained a magnetic pull to Houston, drawn to the community, lifestyle, and family there, which is something, if you go back to our interview with Jeroen Weitzman, he noted that one thing that was sort of pulled from his report on, on Fox Sports About Harden uh, was how much Harden has sort of missed Houston, in part because all of his family still lives there. Uh, Going back to the Woj report, he says that going to Houston would effectively represent comfort and familiarity over immediate championship pursuit, which I think we can all connect that thought, and also says that his working relationship with Embiid and Coach Doc Rivers resembles something closer to a work in progress. So I guess I sort of came up with four reasons something like this could come out. And I'm curious your thoughts on which one is closest to the truth. First one would be that it is a play for leverage, that Harden wants a big contract next summer. In order to do that, you need another team who you could realistically bolt to, the team that you have that kind of a a connection with and where your family lives that also has cap space. Cap space. Represents the best argument you can make to make the Sixers scared. The other, one of the other Reasons, I thought, for this report coming out, maybe he's trying to pressure Maury into trading for Eric Gordon and completing that reunion. Or maybe he's trying to pressure Philly into building a few more gentlemen's establishments to make (laughs) Philly a more competitive market with Houston so he can stay here. Columbus Boulevard, James. Come on. The (laughs) other one I could think of was Houston just frankly being petty and trying to scare the Sixers because they signed Daryl Maury. Which one do you think of those four is most likely?
2: I think there's a reason you said it first. Yeah. I think uh yeah. I think number one is the closest. I, I would kind of view it as an opening salvo. Is that the right right way to put it? You know, kind of sure. just setting the uh the lay of the land. I think it was very interesting that it came out number one on Christmas Day and number <sighs> two after Harden had played really well for a couple of games.
1: Maybe his best game with the Sixers. Yeah,
2: twenty one assists in the uh in the Clippers win where by the way, twenty one assists where I mean God, Joel was making every freaking he was. mid-range jumper possible. Uh but yeah, he was very good in that game. He was very good I mean, he was very good in MSG too. Uh yeah. That's what it strikes as it, it to me, like I think it's I think it, it's gonna make for a very interesting off season because like look, we said you know, he only signed for one year. What what happens if this isn't a great season? What happens if there isn't I you know what this also screams to me? There's no wink, wink agreement, you know? Yeah.
1: Like honestly, I, that was almost my positive takeaway from this. I think we all feared that Maury had like come to an agreement or, you know, or just an understanding of, you know, loading the dump truck up and leaving it at James doorstep next summer. If Harden feels like he has to apply pressure, maybe, maybe Maury's not quite as committed as we think he is at least to get to giving him whatever he wants.
2: That was my main thought. Honestly, that's the only reason for it. I, I think from the Sixers standpoint, it's, you know, kind of got met with the shrug, you know? It's like, okay, everybody knows the the deal. I think I think it was interesting that they threw in the Joel and Doc or a work in progress part. That was the part where I was like, eh. You know, you see them like hugging and high-fiving on the court every game.
1: Um, and also like only one of those two matter. I don't mean to be mean towards Doc. It's not even really like a a Doc or any other coach thing, but stars matter more. And if Daryl really wants James Harden here long-term, and the only thing standing between that is Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers is gone. (laughs) Like, it's just the reality of the NBA.
2: No, it's a a great point by you. You're right. Um, And the one that matters seems like, I don't know. It's it's not, I, I don't feel like that is exactly how it went, but, you know. I don't know exactly what goes on in James Harden's uh, mind. That's part of the reason we talked to own for you know 40 minutes to try and try and dig a little bit deeper in there. But yeah, I think it's definitely a leverage play, and uh, it's gonna be an interesting summer if that's the yeah. uh, if that's the case. Oh, I mean, like and like you said, what why do you pick Houston? N- not only does it have a draw to Harden, which I think is real. Like I think yeah. he certainly does a lot of charity work there and things like that. He certainly loves a lot of aspects about that, including the gentlemen's establishments that don't want to push that completely to the side. But, uh, no, I think it's like you said, his family's there, all those things, but they
1: also have a shit ton of cap space, the most. Yeah, cap space, And and they have interest in Harden. There's still a connection there from both ends. Here, here's, here's sort of like the summary I would have. I don't think Harden is looking to leave Philly. That could change. Like if, if there's something that happens with a relationship, specifically with Embiid, if something happens where, uh, there's so much pressure after another playoff failure. Things could change. But right now, I don't. my read on it isn't that James Harden wants out. My read on it, and uh, my read also that like if push came to shove, would Houston have interest in Harden? Would Harden have interest in Houston? Yeah, it does seem like there's a lot of smoke to that. But my main read on it is that I think it's a combination of leverage and a backup plan, which we've got six plus months. Like, we'll see what happens. My main read is that you're not getting him cheap, probably, which is terrifying. Terrifying.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. It's just, you know, trying to move the puzzle pieces a little bit. Can you imagine a
1: five-year deal on a 34-year-old James Harden? No. I mean, can I be honest,
2: though? Like, from Houston's standpoint, I think they're getting leveraged here a little bit, too. Like, if you're Houston, I know they want to get better next year. Do you think, like, Jalen Green wants to watch Harden run into dudes, you know? (laughs)
1: No, no, it, it it if it wasn't Houston, I wouldn't believe a team in that stage of their life cycle would be pursuing Harden, That's which fair. is why if you're Harden, you pick Houston because of the teams with cap space, they're almost all going to be in that same sort of part of the life cycle as Houston. Houston is the only one that would be that you would really feel threatened by.
2: Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, it is what it is. I, I did get a kick out of Harden saying, I don't know where that report came from. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, it know, didn't
1: come from the Sixers, buddy. That's all I'll say.
2: Yelling at at Keith. It's like the, uh, I think you should leave hot dog guy me and we're, we're all trying to find out who did this. You know, and he crashed <laughs> yeah. the car into the <laughs> into the place.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm I'm also surprised at how many people, and I'm, I'm mostly going to go to Reddit, but a little bit of Twitter. We're getting on Keith for asking asking the que- hard in the question at the press conference. Like, that's his job. It's not his fault that that report's out there. He's covering the team. He can't not ask it. The reason it was Keith, not any of us, is because we didn't travel to New York for that game. Like, you have to ask that question. And again, Keith's not the one who put it out there, so he's not putting James in a hard spot because, you know, James probably expected a question on this coming from somebody.
2: Totally. I mean, you know how that question wouldn't have been asked
1: from James' standpoint?
2: The report would have leak leaked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I also, too, rant about this a little bit? And look, Harden's got to do what he's got to do. The fact that we're talking about free agency on Christmas Day games is just crazy. Like, what are we doing? Like, can we care about the basketball once in this league? Seriously. I mean, (laughs) my God, is it supposed to be your marquee day? I get it. There were injuries. Steph being hurt kind of took some juice out of it. AD being hurt, whatever. I mean, my God, can you? You have like five pretty good games. Can you just let the games breathe for one day? Free agency is in seven months. Seven. I found that pretty annoying, but whatever. It was ultimately like we've been talking about kind of a nothing report, not a nothing report, but just not like any action is going to come from it in the coming weeks here. So
1: this isn't like, this isn't like James Harden in Brooklyn wanting out. This is like, hey, we need you to remember this report in six months when we start negotiating, because that's when negotiating starts. We need you to remember this report. That's all it was.
2: I mean, look, there there was no handshake agreement if that got leaked, I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> right, right.
2: That's uh, all I have. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's going to be a very fascinating free agency because of that. But I also think, and this was part of Woj's report as well, that I, I think is kind of the, the most true and why hand wringing about this now doesn't matter. The next couple months are going to be huge. Like what, what does he look like? Like what does the team yeah. play like? Like that yeah. That's going to factor in a huge deal to how Daryl Morey and this team, like how they look at this group and look at Harden's place in this group, you know? So,
1: and I mean, you, you, you mentioned that because that entire report was framed on what Harden might decide to do. Let's see what James Harden looks like. Let's see what the team looks like, because quite frankly, if James Harden doesn't have if, if the Sixers with James Harden don't have any championship equity over the next 48 months. 48 months over the next 24 months. W- w- are you bringing James Harden back on a max contract? You You can't. You have to honestly believe that this team is capable of winning a championship in the next year, two years, maybe three years max, because the last two years of that contract are going to be a disaster. So yeah, let's see how everything plays out. There's plenty of time here before uh, we have to really talk about that. It would really matter if, if that was James Harden once out, it matters only a little bit. The fact that, Hey, this guy kind of likes where he built his NBA career and would consider going back there. All right. We'll see. It's like the, uh, it's like the shark tank of negotiations.
2: It's like a two way street. Both sides can get out. You know, it's like one of those things where, you know, depending on how the next few months and, uh, and how they, uh, they both play. And you know, it's funny. My rant of like, can we focus on the games? Harden drops that report and then plays a wonderful game in, yeah. in New York. Just excellent, awesome, completely carved up. I, I will say, like, if teams don't switch against him, like, what are you doing? Like, I, if you play drop or kind of like yeah. soft hedge on the George Niang thing, okay. You're just asking to lose. Like, I, I get it. Like, people are like, oh, Niang, big game. If you do that against Niang, he's going to do that a lot.
1: Yeah. That's Ooh, a- the last couple games, as someone on Reddit said, has been clang-clang George Niang lately. It That's happens. Okay. It's a long That's season. okay. It
2: happens. But more times than not, if you guard him like that, he's going to make those threes. He's going to make a, a decent amount. Um Yeah. So Harden was awesome. He also was making, in that MSG game, he's making some freaking bombs in that game, too. Yeah. So, you know. When the uh when the step back three is going in, even at his advanced stage, when that is like, you know,
1: a forty percent shot,
2: you know, he's still very much in business as a scorer at that
1: point. Yep. All right. Other sort of minor pieces of news, sort of news, I guess you would call them. Uh there was a report from I believe it was Ian Bagley that the Knicks have discussed the idea of acquiring Tobias Harris. Not sure I have much on that. I think you're gonna hear a lot of Talk about Tobias Harris leading up the trade deadline. I don't necessarily expect him to be on the move. And then you had the Sixers signing Louis King to a two-way contract. If you're unsure of who Louis King is, he is the guy on the bench you don't recognize. (laughs) As as Rich sort of said before the game or before the pod. I'm not sure I have too much to go on there.
2: Yeah, I think we're we're probably going to hear Tobias and more rumors as his contract comes up. You know, like he's... A more palatable trade rumor person now, just because yeah. it's not a crazy contract anymore. It's it's one year at a little too much money, but the years are more important than dollars a lot of times in uh, in NBA planning for uh, for teams. I also think though that's a two way street for the Sixers as
1: we've discussed. Like, all right, you you better get somebody who's better than him. You know, at this point, yeah, you need to actually fill that role. You can't just trade him to get salary relief. You need to actually fill his spot in the rotation. It would be nice you get somebody who could grab a rebound
2: every once in a while, but Tobias is is doing some of the other stuff pretty well. I know that that's a tough one because he has not played that well over the past few games, but he, uh, yeah, I, I think he's not that easy of a person to replace. I think it's, you know, we talk about oh, you can get two players for one, and and all those things. I, show me who the players are first. Yeah. is my my point.
0: Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone.
3: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: No, I mean, look, we, were, we talked a lot about uh, potential uh, buy trade last summer before Harden took that discount and before they were able to acquire Melton and use Emily and use the biannual it is a lot less necessarily it's it's a lot less necessary now to get that relief you need to actually get a player especially with Harris coming into the final year of his contract you're not just moving him just move him now we we're, we're, that was true 12 months ago might have been true even 6 months ago certainly was true true 2 years ago uh but you're at a different stage now for sure yeah
2: uh we we went the whole pod without mentioning that uh Joel scored 48 last night
1: It's pretty easy, forty-eight. It always is. When does he actually look like he's struggling to drop a thirty spot? It was funny. I I was reading. I think it might have been Tim Cato, but somebody else talking about the Luka Doncic sixty-point triple-double. When like Luka will have like a thirty-eight and eight game, and you're like, "Oh wow, he had an off night." Joel Embiid's sort of like that too, where like he dropped thirty points on thirteen for twenty shooting and go, "Wow, he was really disengaged offensively." Yeah, all right, he had a forty-eight spot. It happens. He he
2: scored 48. He shot 17 of 32 for the field, and I'm just thinking, man, he pulled the string on a bunch of mid-rangeers that he can usually make too. <laughs> like yeah. that, that easily could have been like 56. I I would say. Um, it also would have been 56 if they just ran normal offense instead. I mean, he was a part <laughs> of the like the the amount of
1: driving kicks to nowhere in yeah. last night's game. There was one at the end of the and game. Don't, don't go behind your back off the dribble. Just don't do it. Just don't. Yeah, you don't need to. There's one where George
2: is spaced in the dunker when he like the corner is not being vacated. George, what are we doing, man? Like you're not dunking on anybody. Yeah. Go stand in the spot where you can hurt people. I don't know. <laughs> they were, man, they were, they were feeling themselves last night and they just did not, uh, did not approach it that well. It's okay.
1: No. Yep. Makes it look easy. I guess I'm not sure I have too much else. It will be nice to get Maxie back. It'll be real interesting to see how that impacts the rotations. We all just assume that Maxi is going to start right off the jump, but you never know. He could give him a game or two coming off the bench, getting his legs back under him. But I mean, even, even last night you saw a pretty disengaged and uninvolved shake. I don't know how they're going to keep all four of those guards getting touches uh, and keeping them involved. Um, not sure what you do with PJ Tucker and whether maybe you use this as an excuse to actually give him some time off so that pinched nerve, he can maybe actually regain control of holding a basketball again. I don't know.
2: I yeah I would consider like if that actually could be helped with a couple weeks off like go go take him seriously like the amount of times that Niang, he's just
1: shaking his hand all damn game every play
2: oh my god he had a he had a brutal record yeah. scratch at the end of the shot clock like he there was two seconds off in the shot clock and they created an open floater for him on the baseline and he passed it up it's like yeah. dude you know that this is the last shot you have it's uh <laughs> it's bad and it's look it's alarming right now how often. Niang for Tucker is like what jump starts a good run. Right now.
1: Yeah. And we've seen how Nyang can be when you overplay him. Like we saw that in playoffs. You can't rely on him too much. He'll he'll flat out tell you he's better in small doses. And they need they need him too much right now.
2: Yeah, and it's just, you know, they, they need his shooting. And really it's just that's a, a factor of Tucker giving you nothing on offense and not helping your defense enough. Like like he you know, we 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 give Joel the you know, are, are you? Is this your fault because the team is defending poorly and you're the only good defender out there? PJ Tucker, it's it's honestly probably more on him because he doesn't do anything offensively. Like you should be a uh, a great defensive player. So he's he's having a rough stretch and yeah, like like you mentioned, he's you know what, what do you say? He had a stinger in his hand or a pitch nerve or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I I would consider fixing that because I don't know. I I know it's not a like for like substitution. I'd rather see more shake than him right now, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I know he's disengaged. Like, do you have you noticed at the beginning of the second quarter, Doc has been going all bench. Yeah, to, uh, noticed.
1: It's caused a little bit of, of it panic didn't work from last night. I don't
2: think it. I don't think it's been that bit. But I think part of the reason they do it is to keep shake engaged. Like, here, here's four minutes where you just go yeah. go go crazy because we don't have anything else out there. Uh, but I mean, that's got to stop now that Maxi's back. Like, you just have too many good players to to do that.
1: Any uh, any thoughts on the the backup center conundrum? No, I, thought, I mean look, I thought Montrez was a special kind of awful on defense last night, but Paul Reed came in, wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire. It's always a minus nine in
2: three minutes too. It's it's <laughs> unbelievable. Like I don't even really think it's his fault. I mean, I know he's got his uh his hoodie sales going on right now, which I think are uh, <laughs> man <It's> so weird. <laughs> it seems like it's harder to buy through him than other pla I don't know. It's it's hilarious. Uh. Very Paul, well,
1: Reed. like you're a you're an NBA player making s- seven figures, you don't need to be shipping hoodies on your day off. Like I commend him for it. Like customer service, great. Like you're you have a commitment to it. I good on you. Just I don't know. Maybe hire someone to do it for you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think so. But you know what? That's not the
2: B-ball Paul way. And no, fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, Trez is like it, it's the same thing we always talk about. Like it's like Trez comes out on top when it's like net rating on off all that stuff i don't think he has anything to do with it though or very little to do with it and reed is a disaster those minutes are a disaster i i don't think he has everything to do with it being bad either like i don't think he's helping but it's uh i don't know trez is like
1: yeah like the the amount of times trez blows a tire going for a dunk like it's ridiculous like oh and then the close out last night that was just awful Sixers gave up thirty-eight points in twelve minutes with drill and beat on the on the bench last night.
2: Really bad. That's it's another reason why they lost the game. You know, they they've been better because Harden has kind of been carrying that unit with, you know, his step back three point shooting. But yeah, it's, look, if you want to boil the game down to that, you can do that too. If that's
1: if that's adequate, that's a win. All right. I think that's probably all that I have. Thank you, Rich, for jumping on, and we will talk to you soon. See you man.